From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 10th of March 2023. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through the latest on Sweden and Finland's attempts to join NATO. This isn't the only thing happening in the world, though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, we answer the question, could WhatsApp quit the UK? But first, what's the latest on Sweden, Finland and Turkey? Sweden and Finland's planned accession to NATO has been in the news for approaching a year now. The historically neutral country's dramatic shift in policy towards NATO was prompted by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, a fellow non-NATO member. The two Nordic countries' accession bids were pretty promptly approved by 28 out of NATO's 30 members, but as we've covered in previous videos, they hit a roadblock with Hungary and particularly Turkey. Yesterday, trilateral talks between Sweden, Finland and Turkey finally restarted, having been suspended in January. The immediate cause of the suspension was the burning of a copy of the Koran in Sweden by a far-right political activist. But more broadly, Turkey had accused Sweden in particular of failing to address security concerns relating to what Turkey considers Kurdish terrorist groups. So nearly two months on, are things finally back on track for Sweden and Finland? Sweden has suggested the answer is a tentative yes. The most important thing today is that we have gathered and have agreed to further meetings, Swedish negotiator Oskar Stenström said after the talks. He said that Turkey's representatives had recognised that concrete steps had been taken in Helsinki and Stockholm, which are a good sign for the two countries. Sweden's government on the same day presented draft legislation to tighten anti-terror laws. A spokesperson for the Turkish president said steps taken to address Turkey's security concerns were positive, but not yet enough for ratification of the NATO bids. Two dates to look ahead to are Turkey's presidential election, expected to be held on May the 14th, and NATO's Vilnius summit on the 11th and 12th of July. Turkey's President Erdogan is clearly seeking to leverage Sweden and Finland's NATO bids, perhaps to give him more weight in the Turkey-United States relationship, perhaps for domestic political games ahead of the election, or perhaps both. So whatever the result of the election, Turkey may be more inclined to approve the accession bids after it's all wrapped up. As for NATO's Vilnius summit, a key aim for NATO allies is to get final approval for Sweden and Finland before the summit in July, so it may cause some embarrassment for the military alliance if that deadline is not met. There's also been growing speculation that Finland and Sweden's applications, which are effectively being considered as a pair, may be split to allow Finland to join the alliance ahead of Sweden. Speaking after this week's talks, NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg said the sides agreed that rapid ratification for both Finland and Sweden would be in everyone's interest, and agreed to continue cooperation in this format and meet again before the Vilnius summit. Okay, so that's our main story for today. But there's a lot more going on around the world, so here's a rundown of three other stories. Eight people have been killed in a shooting in a Jehovah's Witness hall in the German city of Hamburg, with several more injured. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, who previously served as the city's mayor, called the shooting a brutal act of violence. 
At time of writing, there has still been no information as to a possible motive, though German outlet De Spiegel cited an unnamed source saying the suspect was believed to be a former Jehovah's Witness and not known to authorities. He acted alone and took his own life, police say. As the news broke on Thursday, Hamburg police said there was a major police operation underway in the Gross Borstel area of the town. Armed police entered the Jehovah's Witnesses' Kingdom Hall and discovered the dead and wounded. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. This morning, the former Prime Minister of Malaysia, Muhyiddin Yassin, was charged with abuse of power and money laundering for events that took place between 2020 and 2021. The prosecution argued that he abused his position to receive bribes amounting to just under 51.5 million US dollars. It's alleged that this money was deposited in the bank account of his party, Bursatu. In total, the former Prime Minister was charged with six offences. He pled not guilty to all of them and said that the accusations were organised political persecution. After being granted bail, he argued that not a single cent of the people's money went into my own pocket during my tenure as Prime Minister. If he's found guilty, he faces up to 20 years in prison and will also be subject to a large financial penalty. This case will be heard on May the 26th. Moving to Micronesia now, where the outgoing president has accused China of bribery, threats and interference. Specifically, David Panuello has said that Beijing officials have bribed elected officials in Micronesia and added that there were even direct threats against my personal safety. The reason behind this, he argues, is that China wants to ensure that in the event of a war in our blue Pacific continent between themselves and Taiwan, that the Federated States of Micronesia, or FSM, is, at best, aligned with the People's Republic of China instead of the United States, and, at worst, that the FSM chooses to abstain altogether. The thing is, Micronesia is a long-standing ally of the United States. In fact, Micronesia relies entirely on the US for their defence. Panuelo suggested that his nation could change the diplomatic recognition of China from Beijing to Taipei, and noted that this would cost about $50 million to do so. We end the main section of the daily briefing with an uplifting story from Honduras, where President Jaumara Castro has overturned a 14-year ban on the emergency contraceptive pill. Honduras, a strongly Catholic nation which also bans abortion, banned the use and sale of the morning-after pill in 2009, following a coup that ousted Castro's husband, who had been president. Now, President Castro, who is the country's first female president, said she was signing an executive order for the universal use of the morning-after pill, adding that today commemorates women's historic struggle. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to see our discussion of whether WhatsApp might leave the UK, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. That's the streaming service we're building with a bunch of our creative friends, many of whom you're likely to be already watching. That means that by signing up, you not only get an extended ad-free daily briefing every single day, you also get to watch exclusive and ad-free videos from the best educational creators on YouTube.
That's things like real-life law's incredible modern conflicts, which breaks down contemporary disputes around the world, Neo's underexposure, which beautifully dives into complex and shadowy topics you've always wanted to know more about, or Extremities from Wendover Productions, which uncovers some of the world's most remote places. All of these are only available on Nebula, just like our extended daily briefings, and a whole bunch of other exclusive TLDR content which never comes to YouTube. If you want to sign up, use the link in the description so that they know you came through us. That helps us out a whole lot, as does watching on Nebula more generally. So thanks for signing up, and we'll see you on Nebula.